0: Just a little buffet of despair, misery, and uncertainty to sample from as you see fit. Yeah, You,
1: you, might, you might call it, it's a sort of old country buffet, but in the new world.
2: <laughs> 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 it's a... It's a it's a staycation of misery,
1: memories of suffering past. <laughs> I was I was thinking about that because I was like working on this uh, lecture on on 1918 and you know it's like all these histories. It's like and the public health department. You know they said they were the public health department, but actually they were making these like nakedly political decisions. And I was like,
3: huh? <laughs> <laughs> you
4: know? Imagine that.
1: And plus, plus, charge.
0: Of the death panel if you'd like to get a second episode every week become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash death panel pod you also get a discount on merch as a patron and the satisfaction of supporting our work and we really appreciate it so please consider if you can okay so today's kind of a little bit of a check-in on covid um we're gonna sort of center our conversation around a lot of the developments that have been going on with the uh, vaccine arms race. But I think before we talk about that, it's important to check in on a little thing going on called school reopening, which uh, as many people have pointed out just
4: generally how bad everything is right now. I
0: was going to say like our current hellscape, but yeah, no, I mean if you think about it, a lot of the conversations and uh, a lot of the people in the media have been talking about school reopening But a lot of those people are also in the Northeast, and that ignores the fact that for many places, particularly in the South, where infections are um, quite rampant, schools are already back in session. Mm. When I lived in Florida, we we were back in school by now, which was crazy because it meant... You had to air condition Florida schools in August, which is so expensive, but
4: <laughs> and not particularly great when you've got a viral respiratory infection <laughs> An aerosolized going. Aerosolized uh, viral respiratory, right. yeah, likely aerosolized. Uh, sorry, you know. We're hey,
1: remember the good old days of legionnaires disease which spread through <laughs> air conditioning in hotels? It's coming back. Spread.
0: Oh. I mean, we've had like legionnaires outbreaks in the Bronx like 5 years in a row for the past like yeah. Yeah. decade. No. I mean, yeah. it's like it, Remember
4: the good old days of statistical genocide. <laughs> remember the yeah. good old days of 2015, 2016, yeah. 2017, this, 2018. So
1: this this photo that dropped in, it was like headline like CBS News Sort of six PM news, like yeah. you know, this week of dun, dun, uh, school, dun. school in Georgia, which looked extremely normal, uh, it was extremely, <laughs> yeah. extremely normal photo, uh, and uh, and it was sort of like, you know, of course there, there's all of the districts that are around the country that are like planning reopening, but are saying like, yes, and we're going to have social distancing, but of course everyone knows like, come on now, yeah, right. there, there's that, there's that whole like hook. But at the same time, there's this, which is like it doesn't actually appear. I, I'm not sure. Maybe you, I, this is wrong, but it doesn't appear that they even there was even like a we we we're not trying. Come on, well, no, yeah, come exactly. On, I no.
4: mean, it's funny because they're like they're. I think so many places are basically just doing the thing of like, uh, well, we're we're going to be okay in reopening by simply f- sort of following CDC guidelines, kind of ignoring that the CDC guidelines are pretty bullshit. Like if you look right. at them, they're essentially like okay do like uh one-way hallways or something which clearly the school in georgia is not doing because they're like kids like crossing also the, like whatever kids in an overcrowded georgia's school like how are you possibly going to reorient the entire like right that anyway, doesn't seem but, like it
0: would work but beyond
4: yeah. that like um you know so much of it is so much of the guidelines are still like basically the same shit from march as we sort of talked about before mm-hmm. which is like as like uh op-ed and stat pointed out uh that was about schools and ventilation uh mm-hmm. that came out yesterday like there's no Like the CDC does not have guidelines on like uh, air conditioning should be filtered. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminds me of the thing of maybe this is going to be very specific to the New York experience, but Mm -hmm. maybe, Phil, if this is happening uh, where you live too, like, do you ever walk around and like the places that are doing outdoor seating? It's like people know to like wear a mask when they're walking around outside. But then for some reason, whenever they sit down, they're like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Even yeah. people just
0: on benches, <laughs> like they'll stop and take a break on a bench from their walk and chat with someone and pull their mask down because they're sitting on a bench as if the mask only needs to be worn while you're like locomoting around the city.
4: Yeah. Right. Or I, once was-
0: <laughs> I saw someone I walked with him across the street three blocks he pulled it down every time he was at a corner
4: huh (laughs) yeah and not to like not to mask shame but certainly to i don't know advisory shame to guideline mm-hmm. shame because you know the like like this I mean the school's thing is just is like terrible, but mm-hmm. I mean the but because people are literally being compelled, like told you will your your kid will be expelled, expelled. Yeah. Yeah. if, if yeah. they don't want to come because they don't, I don't know, maybe want to I mean, risk dying. Right, like,
0: yeah. Totally. They, they don't want
4: to risk waking up two weeks after an ICU stay, like waking up literally having lost two weeks and being an amputee. This is like something that happens to people who not mm-hmm. who are not dead for. From coronavirus but who have got like crazy clotting you know it's cra- it's crazy
0: it's not yeah well, this is not fucking around I've heard about
1: students at Iowa State which I think has online classes but what they're telling students is oh if, if you don't come in person you're gonna lose your scholarship
4: right what right.
2: yeah <sighs> well I mean as as described in this really good stat news piece it's the same it's basically the same phenomenon that happened after 9-11 right where where we did security theater right now what we're doing is hygiene theater and, yeah. and and we're sanitizing surfaces because that's something you can see you can see a worker going and doing that we're uh, you know creating one way hallways in class in school hallways whatever and you know we're ignoring like all of these all this this increasingly conclusive body of evidence that's that's saying that you know none of that's going to matter if if you have air conditioners on and so like you know I think that that is part of the problem. But I also think there's this phenomenon like a specific to schools where they're like, Well, if we can do like eighty percent of what the C D C guidelines say, like that's probably good, right? That's a B. Yeah. Like like that that's getting us somewhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think it's important to note that like One of the things that is starting to, I think, stick out as a pattern in a lot of the studies that have been analyzing, particularly just how COVID spreads throughout communities, is that obviously there is this point of like dosage matters, Mm -hmm. but that indoor spaces are in, are moments of like incredible danger when you have a lot of different communities overlapping or you have like a building where people are in there for a sustained period of time. Like, I don't know, perhaps mm-hmm. a workplace or a school, you know, like, uh, so if you are at 50 feet apart in a enclosed building, let's say a cafeteria, even if you're 50 feet apart from the person for a couple hours and there's low level of virus in the air like that's enough to cause infection and in some cases infection leading to death there mm-hmm. was a study that um, the CDC put out um, or it's not a ca- it's not a study it's just like a case report of a um, summer camp in Georgia
3: Oh boy, yeah. where really what's
0: essentially happened is that The summer camp opened up in early June. They had um, a bunch of teens there to train and older counselors. Then they had a bunch of children as young as the age of six. I think it's 250 children that arrived. And I think it was after about seven days they had to send everybody home. Mm -hmm. And the infection reproduction rate within that group was um, terrifying. It was like... Mm -hmm. Not everyone was tested either. So it's, it, it, you know, the idea that like children can't be spreaders is clearly not um, backed up by scientific evidence, shall we say? Oh, at yeah. The I moment. mean,
4: they're, they're like, New, I mean, there's like increasingly an amount of studies that are based, like I don't know, surprise children or human too, like right. Um, and then
0: the other thing, is like well, can also get
4: this? Get to love. Guess who loves spitting on you, children. Right. The other Guess line is Spitting on each other back and forth <laughs> all the time. <laughs> right.
0: <sighs> like the entire framework that we're working with, that these schools and other institutions like workplaces are and, and museums, frankly, are sort of framing their reopening plans on are already like, as already said, inadequate recommendations based on assumptions, which we are sure right. are wrong. based Inadequate on
4: policies based on inadequate, inadequate guidelines based on itself, both political decisions, as Phil was kind of joking about before really? about 1918, mm-hmm. um, and not only political decisions, but also on keeping guidelines set in stone.
0: Like, I just want to read like one quick thing from the CDC report about this camp in Georgia. They say these findings demonstrate that SARS-CoV-2 spread efficiently in a youth-centric overnight setting, resulting in high attack rates among persons in all age groups, despite efforts by camp officials to implement most recommended strategies to prevent transmission. Hmm. Asymptomatic infection was common and potentially contributed to undetected transmission, as has been previously reported. This investigation adds to the growing body of evidence demonstrating that children of all ages are susceptible to SARS-CoV-2 infection. And contrary to early reports, play an important role in transmission.
1: I mean, I I think it's like worth like, again, I think this is something we've said before, but in a situation like this, every decision at a lower level of authority is justifying itself with reference to Mm -hmm. the a a Mm -hmm. higher level of authority. And even though CDC is not an agency that has any enforcement power, right, Right, it's just Mm -hmm. is purely advisory in what it says it's powerful because you can, it's only powerful because you can cite what it says, right. right. As right. a justification. So this is why, you know, when you look at the change in guidelines from March to whatever it was, July, like, Oh yeah, some, uh, something's, you know, changing. It's it's essential that schools reopen and, and all of these sort of specific kind of standards that might have been included as like criteria are just eliminated. And there's like no specifics Right. then it's possible for public health agencies at the local level, which are, you know, actually do have regulatory authority. And, you know, even if you want to say that, like, the CDC, you know, in most of its work is is sort of like a purely, you know, work sort of on the basis of some sort of scientific authority, that, like, these public health agencies at the local level, they are subject to very, very clear uh, political pressure. And when mm-hmm. you have a set of guidelines that are just like, you know, do something good. Uh, you know, make sure to be safe. Um, do what you can. That, uh, yeah. you, you know, it's like, well, we're just following the CDC guidelines. It sort of reminds me when employers uh, want to go to an NLRB election and not allow like voluntary recognition of unions. Like we just want to follow the law and just go by the NLRB <laughs>
4: lines. Like, Oh, yeah, oh okay. Boy. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I, I mean, and, yeah. And I mean, these, these, uh, guidelines have such a profound social reproductive function. Cause even mm-hmm. when you look in the, like, even when you look at, for example, that, um, that, uh, sort of like rapid response, Supreme court decision that came out th- uh, this morning or yesterday, where basically they they sort of said that well yeah okay basically um you know like th- this jail in Orange County doesn't really have to do any of these uh doesn't doesn't have to really abide that much by these uh, procedures to protect to protect the incarcerated basically mm-hmm. from uh, COVID nineteen spread within the jail the the dissenting opinion like Sotomayor's uh, dissenting opinion explicitly like what does it cite as like the part of the problem here you know that they're not following. This, even the CDC mm-hmm. recommendations, right, mm-hmm. and right. even the CDC recommendations, as as constituted, frankly, like mm-hmm. within the context of a jail, are not going to like would themselves not be enough. So and, it's kind of, right. um, I mean, it, this, this is why I bring up like statistical genocide before, because like I think between that and then the that the virus has been really has had like a a really profound effect um especially on like low-income communities and Mm -hmm. it is spreading to more of those communities um and Mm -hmm. there's a new study out that says that that found that basically like um what is it 49 percent yeah 49% of the lowest income communities in the United States like have no ICU beds
0: right right and if you look at that just from a rural perspective also it's 55% which is even more terrifying Mm -hmm. add to this the fact that like so the CDC's recommendations also actively contradict the reports that they put out yeah they they put (laughs) out a number of weekly and monthly reports one of the ones I like to keep track of is the EID reports which are monthly they're emerging infectious diseases they're usually research Letters. That's the one where um, the camp situation um, mm-hmm. just came from. Another one, which was also from July, was a COVID-19 outbreak associated with air conditioning in a restaurant in uh, China. And this one goes through, you know, okay, we've got basically... Um, As a result of, like, contact tracing and uh, having a centralized uh, medical system, so you can compare that (laughs) to the records and follow (laughs) the patients while they're inpatient. Um,
4: Imagine that.
0: You know, you essentially have one instance where you have people in a restaurant socially distanced, like, complying with mass procedure for when they're eating. And they think that the air can like the air conditioning system and them actually not being like far enough away from each other contributed to like 10 people getting sick in three families on one afternoon.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The fact that the the weekly reports and, and monthly reports that the CDC is putting out right like contradict their recommendations is also a little bit frustrating. Yeah, because. Totally. Mm-hmm. I've heard and seen multiple times in like news stories, administrators, business owners, municipal employees, elected officials at the municipal level saying they're waiting for something coming down from the step above them Mm -hmm. that enables them to stop moving forward with plans that they feel unsafe about themselves.
2: Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Well, well, and the other thing is that like, if you think about sort of like I don't know, administration the same as, like, there is, a, there is a skew of, like, administration the same as there is, like, a skew of a uh, sort of, like, personal behavior, right? Like, different different places are going to take shit differently seriously for various different fucking reasons. Like, it would make sense to have the rules at the top be the absolute most stringent. But I think
1: this actually, this raises a, a challenge, right? And it actually creates an, an, an interesting political... Uh, again, let me emphasize political challenge okay there's no getting around there's like no like depoliticizing this Mm -hmm. as we've said many times before but like it creates a new political challenge because the central scientific agency that's supposed to produce the information we need to make decisions about this can't do it won't do it isn't doing it right um or at least it's authoritative documents it's guidance documents don't reflect the science it does produce so then other people follow that and and you're supposed to trust it or people will tell you to trust it because it's the C D C guidelines. And they say it in a breath as if there is no additional justification required. Mm-hmm. Well at that point you've seen you now see that the entire like edifice of expertise like welded within the state is it's collapsed. I mean it's the Hell same yeah, thing as totally. like mad cow disease. Uh you know, if it's like, well, the British government says it's okay to eat hamburgers, the (laughs) prime minister is feeding a hamburger to his daughter, like it's all it's all good, right? Right. Yeah. Um look Obama's gonna drink
4: the flint water. uh, Obama's gonna drink the flint water. Uh, water. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's like I I think it's um it's important then to also because it's not just it's not just like all, all of that and the obvious I mean the quite obvious failure of the state at like so many levels here it's even so th- think about even the like what the guidelines are supposed to be for mm-hmm. i mean we've said from the from the top of this basically uh, or from very early on in the um in the sort of like government response to this that it appears as though there's a lot of like you know the, a lot of um sort of deferral and disbursement of any kind of like blame accountability or liability there's a lot of sort of like otherwise um, magical thinking going on and that essentially like things appear to have been essentially just sort of put off, like put off down the road. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we basically in, in, in like the public, the public discourse, like as, as propagated in part by like, uh, like officials and, and the way that officials have, um, and that like people in power have, have taken this, but also in general, you know, by, by the press and, and by, by sort of all of us as a society, I think have. I think have like collectively put this off, uh, mm-hmm. to the point that, you know, again, we were like waiting to deal with things until the very last moment. And what that means is instead of having a conversation about like, okay, so can we just like basically give everyone a fucking like gap year? You know what I mean? <laughs> You're totally like, right, we, like we don't have to, we don't have to like, be sitting here talking about moving schools online necessarily we don't sit. We have to sit here being like it's kind of it's like wild to think that we are just are even trying to just hold ourselves to the standard of like well schools go back right you right. know what i mean it's,
1: it's, it's odd that we have to popularly interpose ourselves in place of
4: a civilian disease control agency right (laughs) Right. yeah exactly and it's you know i don't know uh i and like i understand the argument i understand that everyone is like oh i want i want to send my kids back to school or whatever and i understand obviously like college kids want to want to like go back and hang out with their friends but also like you know, then they're essentially gonna like everyone's gonna basically lose a year anyway because this right. isn't gonna go well. If we're right. lucky, we yeah, lose a year. right, more than a year, sir. I think, but yeah. as we'll talk about it later, but I'm still, yeah, I mean, no. And
0: to be honest, just to circle back to like the um term that I think is very useful that that is in the staff op-ed that vince mentioned earlier the hygiene theater concept Mm -hmm. i think it's important to focus on like what actually uh the hygiene theater is maybe Mm -hmm. like what some of those things are because i don't know if that's necessarily common knowledge and one of the things that i think we've talked about a lot is uh you know like the aerosolized air component but also i think you know One of the things that we see on a lot of reopening plans that we haven't really addressed on the show is the uh, surface sanitation reassurance that goes on in all these opening plans. A lot of them are pretty, um, pretty bare plans, right? They're like, we'll do masks. We can't do six feet, Mm -hmm. but we'll do three And teachers will be in um, plastic face shields also or something, right? Or like teachers will be on an iPad or projected and be via home and students have the option of coming in or not. And we will disinfect every surface once a day really well. Teachers will be
1: ghosts that haunt the dreams of their students.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, regardless of how often you disinfect a surface, right? That doesn't actually reduce your likelihood of (laughs) like preventing transmissions within a community because it's not really droplets that's the priority. Mm -hmm. It's how many people are in a fucking room together and is one of them sick? Is one of them shedding virus, right? It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like enabling people to go home, stay home when they're sick And not have to leave the house unless they absolutely have to, whether they're sick or not, right? Right. But these opening plans, you know, they like address uh, the surface cleaning as if it's some sort of like gotcha, like they figured it out. So it's all safe. And I think that that's one of the most important misconceptions here that a lot of businesses and offices and schools are really like hinging um, their ability to reassure people that things can proceed as normal on this sort of like hyper sanitation surface schedule. Right. right,
4: without well, mm-hmm. addressing
0: that any of the other issues that could lead to community transmission.
4: Right, I mean, mm-hmm. but all, what is, like what is actively happening? Uh, even if you look at the the example that we were talking about with like the school and the like stories about the school in Georgia, uh, not the camp, but the school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have, they have like a online learning option, for example, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. That filled up really quickly that clearly like was, um, not only filled up really quickly, but the ability of people to sign up for it would be dependent on like things like internet access, having a computer Mm -hmm. to like connect to, like then go online and sign up for Mm -hmm. online classes and then to also, you know, be able to do them and have a safe space to do them. And this is why I bring up the ICU bed thing is that like, the people who like all of these, that all of these like guidelines and all the, all the stuff is like to talk about that also in some sense to like talk about that as, as a uh, sort of the problem is like an academic exercise. Whereas like a lot of the, like the people who are in privileged positions, like maintain that privilege and are like right. more insulated and more likely to be protected unless they are just like, you know, deciding to flaunt like Herman Cain style, the like, uh, like any sort of, uh, you know, like care for whether the whether like the virus is real or not or whatever. If they're doing right. some like, you know, not to call it Herman Cain, if you're doing some, I don't know. I imagine that like I could see Gwyneth Paltrow deciding that the virus isn't real or something, and then like right. having that be the editorial direction that Goop takes into the election cycle. But Love like, that for them. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the thing too that's frustrating is that you see these reopening plans for schools and stuff that obviously, like as Artie's saying, like target. Uh, populations already like more vulnerable for other reasons to COVID because they are sort of like reopening plans that make empty reassurances about like minimal social distancing and surface sanitation. Mm
4: -hmm. And then
0: like the criteria you have to stay home is having, you know, the funds to access possibly an independent tutor or childcare, a job that allows you to work from home, Mm -hmm. uh, a home, which Mm -hmm. is another thing like there are many many people in the new york city school system who are homeless i think it's like there are three (coughs) thousand kids maybe Mm -hmm. more then you have that coupled with the fact that like those are the people right who don't have the resources to maybe have their kids do the uh, online learning option so those are the kids being sent to school under the false reassurances of the surface sanitation and limited social distancing and Mm -hmm. then to to tie it back into the like uh, ICU beds. They're being sent home to communities that do not have room in their hospitals and right. do not have yeah. resources in their hospitals. Mm-hmm. Genocide.
1: And th- these ramifications. I think that they like one argument that I've I've heard. There's so many bad arguments. It's actually like <laughs> doing a digest of them is is nearly impossible. But like the the argument from analogy is perhaps the worst one, which is like, well, doctors <laughs> go into uh, clinics. They're, they're they're essential workers. They go into clinics every day, and like that's you know that's fine you know you don't and it's like well okay you don't understand how buildings work at all first of all
4: uh which is their machines for living damn it yeah but beyond sorry
1: beyond the like okay that the clinical space just works completely differently than a school Mm -hmm. okay number one if you've ever been to like a you know wellness clinic or whatever like you know that it works differently you know that uh but the second thing is like Yes. Let's let's delve a little deeper and talk about the Merv 13 standard, Uh, the the, the standard which governs the uh, filters uh, that are put on ventilation systems in uh, clinical facilities, which are typically a a very, very high standard that filters out a lot of uh, sort of viral material. Whereas have you thought about the, the school building that you might be working in and what exactly in what way fresh air? is pumped into that thing
3: <laughs>
4: right. and
1: how air circulates in it and mm-hmm. what exactly it passes through and whether or not your employer has changed the filters even mm-hmm. or knows that they have to, or is it, you know, it's just like, there are so many parts of a building you don't see. And beyond that, because of the costs of, you know, ventilating a building, uh, employers often see the purpose of HVAC systems as like, you know, energy conservation rather than right. human <laughs> beings. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, there are all these incentives for employers to cut corners in how they ventilate uh, workplaces. Mm -hmm. Um, And no one, I mean, and this is none of this is visible, right? You can see people spraying down something, some surface you cannot typically, you cannot typically see them. What kind of filters they're using? Are they changing them? How many times are they using filters uh, at all? Purging (laughs) the buildings (laughs) air. Yeah. Right. Right. You can see none of that. It's all invisible.
4: Look, all we're saying is if you're a teacher All we're saying is, especially if you're a teacher of any kind or, I don't know, if you're really anyone, uh, general strike. General (laughs) strike. Right. Well, because actually
0: that's what we're seeing is the only thing that's effective to this is, like, uh, college football athletes are threatening to go on strike. You've got teachers in Chicago threatening to go on strike. Mm -hmm. You've got wildcat strikes from Amazon employees Mm -hmm. blocking the entrance to the parking lot. Well, I
4: mean, with unemployment uh, this high, like, as we've sort of said before, not for a long time, but as we've said before, like... It resembles a general strike. All we have to do is mm-hmm. declare it. Right. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> so. Exactly.
0: You know, and I, I think also like, especially, you know, if you think about what, like we always, we, people talk about, oh, we're going to implement like comprehensive contact tracing. It's fine. <laughs> we're going to check everybody's temperature when they enter and exit the building and we're going to implement contact tracing. Mm-hmm. Well, t- temperature, sure. If someone's actively sick, showing symptoms. Right, probably catch it unless they're immune compromised or elderly. Mm -hmm. Right. Um,
4: Also, based on studies, they will have already been shedding virus for for two days at least,
0: five to two days at least prior. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a huge portion of the population that that at the same
4: rate at the same. Just to be to be really clear, at the same rate as like when Mm -hmm. you're clearly very sick. Right. Um, So so a lot shedding a lot of live virus
0: because we know that right. Yeah. Uh, re temperature checks. What actually are contract tracers looking for when they're trying to contact trace, I think is important to keep in mind. It's not just that you came in contact with the person once. It is exposure to virus times time Mm -hmm. equals a successful or unsuccessful transmission. Mm -hmm. So contact tracers are not looking for you having walked past someone entering a grocery store who's very sick it's how long was that sick person in the grocery store, right? What's their HVAC? Oh. How long were you in there? And well, that, that's, that, that's what measures your risk, right? So it's like, if you think about that as the concept of like how we trace how this passes in between people, and you compare that conceptually to a lot of the reopening plans, mm-hmm. it just doesn't you, you know what it, match up.
1: You know what all of this does? For all of the debate about whether or not the Senate is going to include this liability shield, right. if you know anything about how liability law works currently, the fact that the CDC has the guidelines it does, and those transfer to the, the public health uh, agencies and state and local governments. Oh, they my have God, the totally. They, they
4: already have it, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they basically
1: already have it because all you have to do is show that you took uh, reasonable steps. Right uh, to protect uh, against risk, so we already have a liability shield. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, and that new SCOTUS decision is case law for it, probably. Right.
0: Oh boy.
4: Well, if I can change the mood a little bit, <laughs> I do have maybe a solution, which is oh. Je- other than maybe not a strike? solution other yeah, than that, We got solutions here. Well, no, no, yeah. I don't have a solution so much as let me just say I have a I have a policy idea, Joe Biden's team, if you're listening. If you're listening to me, Joe Biden's team, I've got a really good policy idea mm-hmm. that is written explicitly tailored for you. It has come to my attention that um, Emirates, the airline, mm-hmm. um, hat tip to Phil. Thank you for sending me this this morning. Emirates, the airline, um, is offering uh, medical insurance. And uh, we'll offer to pay some of the costs of your funeral if you die uh, (laughs) from the coronavirus uh, while traveling abroad. My my solution, my suggestion for you, Joe Biden, is please take uh, consider taking a a page out of the um, let's say the Rudy Giuliani school of dealing with the unhoused. Right. (laughs) Let's send each and every American on an Emirates flight. Right, yes. wherever they want to go, that emirates flies to. Some restrictions may apply, including. <laughs> store I Egypt. have I have read the restrictions, and they include uh, if, for instance, uh, if the death is due to being involved in protest activity. Oh. Oh.
3: Will not covered. <laughs> Emiratis is going to be involved? Yeah. In protest activity. Uh, uh, uh.
4: But uh, we could, you know, we could do it. You know, if uh, what I'm saying is Joe, Joe. You know, if Trump can get up there and say that he's going to make Mexico pay for the wall, why can't you just say that the UAE is going to pay for medical expenses for everyone from coronavirus?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's right there on the
4: it's right there on the table. (laughs) Some restrictions (laughs) may apply with with
1: my Emiratis funeral. Uh, insurance payout. I demand that a one thousand seven hundred and sixty-five dollars sandwich ring
4: is purchased. <laughs> Can I read you the general exclusions? Actually, for oh some yes, of them. Yeah. Okay. Does In addition to disp- sandwich ring. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to the specific exclusions stated for each type of assistance, assistance will not be provided for the direct or indirect consequences of the following circumstances and events. Civil or foreign wars, riots, popular movements, strikes, hostage-taking, handling of weapon, terrorism. Coup? Your voluntary participation in gambling, crime, or fights, except in the case of legitimate self-defense.
1: I get involved in gambling as self-defense?
4: Any effects of nuclear origin or nuclear reaction? What?! (laughs) Uh, your deliberate acts, including, but not limited to suicide and attempted suicide and fraudulent acts, your consumption of alcohol or drugs. uh, (laughs) it goes on (laughs) anyway. Oh, Uh, this is interesting. Pandemics, epidemics, except as expressly covered under the following sections. Oh my God. So it's like, actually, if you die from the coronavirus abroad, technically they might not actually cover anyone. Well, or if
0: you die of the coronavirus (laughs) abroad, but they can... Like, pin flu type A on it, then yeah, then they're off the hook.
3: Oh, wow. have, um, oh,
1: yeah, I'm sorry. We haven't, oh, your death certificate. You might note that it only has the uh, ICD 10 code for probable COVID so um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you've yeah, got you've, gonna, you've, you've got
4: you've got Medic, uh, you've got Emirati's Medicare Part A, Emirati's
0: <laughs> Medicare for all,
4: yeah, <laughs> you need Emirati's Medicare Advantage, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Anyway, <laughs> what
1: I mean, do you think the Emirati's like purchased tombstone looks like? It's gotta be pretty cool. It looks oh, like a plane. Boy.
0: It's really frustrating because I feel like the important thing for people to understand and for us to be directing resources right now is like lay people need to understand what goes on in the body when you get COVID, how you get COVID, um, what kind of things you can do to actually protect yourself. Right. Not like Mm -hmm. which narrow criteria enable you to like go and attend a sports game again. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is none of the stuff that like that we focus on. And it, especially in the context of like the sort of arms race that we're seeing Mm
3: -hmm. around
0: vaccines early on in the crisis, there was a lot of we are the world (laughs) handholding. You know, we will make sure that this is going to be an international effort. Drug mm-hmm. companies were like, money is real, but we don't care about it. We care about <laughs> health, global public health. You know what I mean? And now it's like, you know, this is China versus America <laughs> in a you know a to the death race of what was it like? What are the, what do they keep calling it? Like hyper speed vaccine or something like I, what is the fucking yeah, thing no, is it what, you mean these?
4: operation warp speed Yeah, warp speed yeah, well, that's, yeah. The, that's the <laughs> official no operation God. warp speed is the official white <laughs> right, house uh, platform or it's like it's their uh, it's their uh, coronavirus vaccine uh, like development like arm that? that's put like $7 billion into uh, vaccine right. purchases. purchases. Not even, de- not even right. really development, like into, so, yeah. so they say it's like some well, of it's earmarked for uh, research and stuff, but like literally half of every deal, which is like, it's like six or seven deals that are like between oh, yeah. one and $2 billion um, is like ordering a hundred uh like a hundred million doses of vaccine that has not gone has not started testing yet but they're ordering it now just in oh, case is <laughs> you know whatever fine yeah, like maybe fine but
0: especially if you look at like you know okay i think i read this morning that if you were to vaccinate everyone in the united states twice like if it mm-hmm. were a two-part vaccine that would basically be like probably like 1.5 billion doses and it's not like our capacity to produce vaccines is like unlimited right like they don't just like come surprise out of the ether like you just have to think of it and then you can just manifest a vaccine for everyone that needs it with no raw materials just pure love yeah it's it's not like
2: oil that you can just get innovation (laughs) forever
0: so the the idea of the cure right um is starting to have a very uh, nationalistic tinge to it, shall we say
4: mm-hmm. yeah well, and uh i think I, I don't know who exactly um either i don't well I don't know if it was coined during this specifically, but like uh whether it was uh whether it's like a neologism or not in contemporary usage, I think like it has the the term like vaccine nationalism has been popularized i think it, it's been it's been spreading through the press in like the last uh, Week, but I think in part because um, of some statements by like uh, by Doctors Without Borders calling uh, the current race vaccine nationalism, which mm-hmm. is in- interesting because it is it is highlighting something that is like absolutely true in in terms of how like countries are are basically making making exclusive uh, you know agreements for uh, production and fabrication with like individual pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies and things like that, and essentially guaranteeing that much like in Uh, past what was it like the I think uh, like what what happened with like H1N1 for example um, was like the first time as soon as they had I think a test vaccine or something it was as soon as there was a vaccine the US and other wealthy countries basically had like all of it um, which then contributes to the stuff that then like I don't know the people like um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation pretend that they're like fighting against uh, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Um, which is like the preponderance of uh, of like outbreaks of, and con- the perpetuation of pandemics and, and epidemics in uh, countries that are not able to like wield the imperial prowess I guess necessary to like secure a exclusive deal with AstraZeneca <laughs>
0: right <laughs> like, yeah I mean pharma's whole, like pharma's <laughs> whole like where are the world act was actually more of like an opening bid like yeah. definitely is, <laughs> like we could sell it to anyone we're we're gonna think of all of you it's just you know no, who's the, gonna come to us with the most money first. the
2: The We Are the World thing was a threat, right? Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> they were you they were out we're there the being like, "Guess what? We're gonna fucking do if you all don't fucking pony up, because." Yeah that's literally what was going to happen and america was like we will not let this I be mean, equitably distributed as you say
1: yeah the phrase we are the world uh the just the syntax of that phrase like a lot depends on who we reverse. Right. <laughs> exactly.
4: i think yeah um a close I, reading of that phrase it's interesting though too because you know as a lot of people have uh, pointed out and there's like if you're interested in sort of like the press angle there's a great um i think is her name sarah lazar yeah so yeah there's a there's like a great article um on this in in these times by sarah lazar that like does go through a lot of the sort of like media response but uh one thing that's not mentioned in that i think is really is really telling which is like so for example uh if you go to like if you go and read like politico Mm -hmm. um for example, almost any of the articles, like, there'll be new headlines. It's, like, Operation Warp Speed mm-hmm. uh, decides to, uh, what, it, like, you know, has, has a new deal with, like, the Sanofi-GlaxoSmithKline uh, mm-hmm. partnership or whatever. Um, and they all have this, like, little tag on them because they're part of this, like, broader series that they're basically doing called uh, literally called the vaccine race, you know, practically like the same, you know, the like election trackerification uh, elections. It's basically like the same thing. Um, and if you go to the homepage for the the political vaccine race, I'll, I just want to say like, I I won't just want to read exactly what it says. Uh, quote, rarely has the fate of the world depended on an international competition. Like the one for a (laughs) COVID-19 vaccine. It's a race against time. It's a race to save lives. It's a race for glory. Trials are underway.
3: Okay, <laughs> I'm just I'm imagining
1: the Vangelis theme from uh, Chariots yes. of Glory just like rising.
2: <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Absolutely. I it, mean,
0: just it, like just to use that many terms invoking like imperial violence yeah. and <laughs> war in one sentence is so Bold.
2: Yeah. You guys know the meme, but it's very you know, World
1: War One.
0: It's yeah. it's incredibly
2: yeah. World War One political cartoon. Absolutely. Like, do you guys know the meme where it's like the two monkeys knife fighting, two monkeys knife fighting, and then there's like a bunch of people like th- like throwing money at them? It just literally feels like Politico is like one of the guys just like throwing money at the two monkeys knife fighting because like yeah, totally. and Matt
0: Iglesias is up there and Nate Silver. <laughs> oh they yeah, love, definitely. They love sports betting. Yeah. You know yeah. what better. What better sport than the genocide of mankind by a virus? Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess it's like
1: the, the sort of argument is that, uh, well, you know, if we if we need to, hey, if we need to instrumentalize nationalism in the service of, <laughs> uh, you know, getting a vaccine. Well, I guess it's sort of like I guess the reason we taught French in schools in the starting in the 50s more was like the, the defense, you know, defense buildup uh, for the Cold War. But I mean, this is not like nationalism being instrumentalized in the service of vaccines is vaccines being served like instrumentalized right, in the service right, right, of, exactly. of geopolitics right totally. i mean like it is like what better way of rearticulating or reasserting uh dominance in like you know the state sort of anarchy of the state system than by like hoarding <laughs> a valuable resource gee
2: like you know rallying people around that resource
1: right and and again like what better way of sort of focusing national attention on that by instrumentalizing uh public health regulations you know as, as a means of like destroying institutions that might be valuable in a democracy. Right.
0: And not to Mm -hmm. just like point the finger at every single institution and say it's trash, but like when you combine that with the things that the WHO has been doing and and how slow they have been to um, roll out certain recommendations based on these paternalistic determinations that certain countries wouldn't be capable of allocating resources properly so they didn't want to go and recommend masks from the (laughs) start. Like when you combine that with the vaccine national. it's which just, is
4: actually kind of how things played out in new york state too yeah. actually, yeah. i mean that this,
0: there was this quote in a politico piece from the um uh head of the cdc in nigeria who said it's almost like children fighting over food at home and the oldest child who is the strongest taking all of the food and saying listen i will keep all this food for myself and i don't care if my brothers and their sisters have eaten or not oh absolutely yeah it's like what better way to describe the united states yeah
4: but i mean also Mm -hmm. i think it's just interesting to see the way that it also is sort of playing out um on a national like on a level of national politics sort of I mean sort of to a degree that I think Phil sort of referenced uh, which is the uh, like a new way to package imperialism uh, right but it's also like for example, on the level of like national politics, you know, one, one of the things like because there is there is like fervor over the the race and the, the sort of like imperial competition. But then there's also sort of um, there's a, a tremendous degree of hope and trust being put into this sort of uncoordinated, massively irresponsible, competitive enterprise mm-hmm. that is like supposed to produce Uh, This vaccine to the point that like, um, what was it? There was like a Goldman Sachs analyst who uh, made headlines this morning for basically saying that like, for basically changing um, their market predictions to say that like, you know, the the likelihood of there being a a new vaccine by the end of the year is like is is undercounted in financial markets, and it's like it's based on nothing. It's absolutely it's it's patently Mm -hmm. ridiculous um, to to pin any sort of hopes like that uh but then also even like is being repeated in um i don't know have you guys heard this thing of like uh october vaccine surprise
2: or whatever? oh yes Ew. i have
1: heard this
4: P- like people are people are kind of uh there, there's there's a lot of speculation or whatever um that or or how to put it hopes i'd say being pinned by certain what? uh people on there being oh, yeah. a october vaccine surprise for trump meaning that like um, doesn't make any- <laughs> meaning that they would like announce a ve- no I know it doesn't make any I know it doesn't make any sense yeah. it's also the opposite of what an October surprise usually is I guess right sort of. yeah. can I um, can I can I
2: just also note that like how angry just the whole concept of it is stupid but how angry would people be if trump was like guys i held the vaccine until october so that you would think that like no no it's not that
4: it's not it's not holding it it's that like by it's that by doing this like the absurdity of like operation warp speed which is like itself helmed by (laughs) you know a guy who is really really dizzy a guy who is like um a mansef slowy i think who's like Mm -hmm. um like a former farmer executive who's one of these guys who's being paid being quote-unquote being paid a dollar or whatever Uh for his services to be like a advisor for for like heading the operation warp suit or whatever and in doing Mm -hmm. so has been ruled that he doesn't have to like Disclose his many pharmaceutical company holdings, uh-huh. <laughs> um, Got but him. like, and and who like basically who's literally saying there was a he like appeared on a podcast I guess um, like a, a White House podcast or something like um, a, a couple days ago saying li- like literally saying that like he thinks criticism of Trump and criticism of uh, and skepticism towards the idea of a vaccine being able to develop this quickly like undermines their like undermines the country's efforts and patriotism as a whole or whatever. And that basically (laughs) like press don't want there to be a vaccine before the election Mm -hmm. um, and would suppress it if like there was, so it's like, it's actually it's yeah. So it's not even saying like, Oh, he would hold it until the election. Uh, It's like, it's the opposite, which is like both say both like this kind of naked hope of like, this could be the election, uh, the thing that like brings like Trump over the line or whatever. Which is not like this is not going to happen. And if it does, then expect it to be a vaccine that has extremely low efficacy, but is merely deemed safe. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But that like, but also that like <laughs> they can then point to say that like, no, 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 we got the like we we got it right. Uh, but the press won't report on it or something. You know what I mean? Like there will be some oh, the, like gosh. they're good at doing this got last light, minute crazy shit, out. right? Yeah, Yeah.
0: this is just like these people really clearly have zero understanding of how the immune system works. I remember having that type of wishful (laughs) thinking about how (laughs) disease processes worked in the body and what the timescale of this stuff was like in the first couple of years of me getting sick and it only ever resulted in deep despair, disappointment and depression, Mm -hmm. disappointed depression.
1: No, it's a sort of (laughs) curious thing that, um, I mean, I've not seen any public opinion on, how fast the public thinks a vaccine could be developed, uh, and and how sort of gloomy they are in it. But it would be a very if it's true, uh, it would be a very weird thing for the public to have you know as low trust in government as it does, as mm-hmm. low trust in all these institutions as it does. But somehow also simultaneously, magically believes that a vaccine will emerge. And just like from a, from, from pixie dust.
4: Well, <laughs> I think, um, the best, unfortunately the best, uh, information that I have on that exact question, which I was not expecting to pull, uh, out for this episode. Cause I don't think it's, well, no, actually this is. I think this is good to state because I do think that even a lot of even like people that I otherwise intellectually respect like do do think that like a vaccine will be ready like a lot quicker which like it yeah. could be it could be I, i'm mm-hmm. sure it would be great if i'm wrong also it would be great if I would i'm love wrong. To be wrong it would be great if I'm wrong that probably it won't be like super efficacious because we haven't seen like a good we haven't really seen a good signal that like the body like holds a holds like antibodies for this very Mm -hmm. long which is a whole other thing because i realized that like part of the function of this is like it's actually very difficult as we as b and i have know from experience of her getting many many antibody tests for very different things all the time you can get an infection and then the body doesn't necessarily like hold a large amount of the same antibodies for a very long time because <laughs> right. like, otherwise you'd just have a bunch of antibodies for something that is like not present in the immune system. And it could just literally cause.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the the actual function of the way that it works. is just like very different than the idea of just like, collecting a bunch of antibodies like cds that your body then like needs when, when ready like yeah you're totally right right
4: mm-hmm. but then uh so all all of that aside because basically unfortunately we literally i think won't totally know how long the like post exposure and having even people who are able to develop out of it i think it's like literally a case of you know We'll be able to test for whether antibodies are present, but we won't really know what that does or whether they will just arrive back quickly, for example, on reinfection until like time plays out. We need a lot of time to figure this out, basically. But yeah. let me just say, sorry, best best information that we have I, that I have seen, I think, to answer your, your question, Phil, is that this is the data actually that um, the Goldman Sachs analysts I was referencing uh, was referencing and using this which is itself a, a sort of like public opinion betting markets thing uh, to drive their an- analysis which ah. is totally scientifically valid. Um, <laughs> Seems but legit. But, um, Seems
0: legit. Where do I sign so, up? So yeah. uh,
4: basically <laughs> it's a, essentially it's like a forecasting thing. Uh, when will enough doses of FDA approved COVID-19 vaccine or vaccines to inoculate 25 million people be distributed in the United States? So 40% of respondents say essentially, or like f- there's 40% opinion that essentially 25 million people will be, inoc- will have been able to get COVID, ni- a COVID-19 vaccine between uh, October 1st of 2020 and March 31st of 2021. Mm-hmm. 40% <laughs> believe that. Now let me just say <sighs> I get
0: I get it. I get it's it. Wishful. I get but that's it. That's
4: extremely wish that. wishful thinking, and that it's relies on a lot of things. I would like if the if I would say maybe if the if the thing were like, will we have identified a vaccine? Right. That would be more of a that would be more likely of a that maybe. Seems, yeah. But like Wait, the, the like twenty five f- million people it's having physi- been inoculated in no fucking imp- way. It's physically
0: it's physically impossible unless we experience and are lucky enough to stumble upon like an improbable amount of happy accidents for right. that to be possible.
4: Yeah. So,
1: Which is, actually goes back to this point about people saying, oh, what if what if Trump has like the October surprise of being able to say yeah. rhetorically that they have a thing, that they have a, uh, you know, treatment or whatever, or a vaccine rather. Um, I don't think, like people are like, oh, maybe that would be like the, tur-. I don't think that's going to be any kind of turning point in the election by any means uh, because there would be a- any sort of major updating of beliefs would have to, like, w- would be contingent on I think the thing getting out there and people actually like you know there being some mass kind of at least the possibility of like mass efficacy in a in a in a short duration. I I don't right. I'm not sure that it's like this. Ooh, Trump's gonna like pull this like weird trick. He'll he'll definitely do something like that. I just don't think it's gonna be. I don't think that's going to be the thing that determines the outcome of the election. I, I the, the October surprise concept is one of my least favorites in political journalism.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I do think though that um, in some sense this to me um, betrays how there's a lot of I think not only the way that this has like been gone. About, But then sort of a lot of the discussion around it actually is potentially kind of um, potentially harmful in the in the long run for in terms of especially how people already don't seem to understand well or, uh, you know, like or think well about like vaccines in the United States Mm -hmm. uh, as it is, because I, you know, on one hand, I I would like to believe uh, that, for example, Phil, which is that like, you know, people would want to see like actually see uh, the like material effect of it to have to have like any sort of effect. Although I do think that part of what the part of what not only the sort of like that statistic about what people believe in terms of uh, when the vaccine will be ready, which, you know, partially is based on what people are just saying constantly, like Anthony Fauci or whatever is constantly saying, like we'll have one or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, within that time frame. So I get why a bunch of people like totally believe it. even as in as much as it is like pretty much wishful thinking so I could imagine you know someone going out and saying we have got it and people being like oh relief it's coming right (laughs) because then at least it's like you know it's like when it's like when um uh I don't know it's like when how people get like all like bent out of shape for like this is such a bad example but for like a, a new console release date or something like that you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like okay now we know it's no, coming that's a great example already but like uh well unfor- and it's unfortunate that it would be that would it would be a reasonable example at all because it's ridiculous but uh and also vaccines should not be products but um nor electronics for that matter um, communism anyway, but the, uh, consoles for everyone. (laughs) Well, but I think for example, like I I keep thinking about the, like the operation warp speed thing, for example, not only is there like a lot of misunderstanding about, uh, whether a vaccine will like necessarily work for a long time or whether it's like a vaccine that's like the polio vaccine, which is like a miracle basically in terms of Mm -hmm. modern vaccines. Um, I don't think there's Uh, there's like almost no vaccine that's ever been as efficacious as that it is the it Um, is the
0: example of getting spectacularly lucky but also having a very available pool to test on which we don't have so that's again Mm -hmm. a major hindrance for us you know
4: right but then So knowing, for example, that there is like one of the reasons that like anti-vax stuff can spread in the first place is because like vaccines in and of themselves, like all vaccines have like some sort of baseline efficacy rate. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not all like totally perfect. um, And and like that's actually functionally not even really the point. They have to be just effective enough that they can. Uh, Make it so that enough people, like, can fend off infections of various things in order to make it so that people, like, let's say, B, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, who has, like, a suppressed immune system because of her immunological condition, right, or other people, elderly people, other disabled people, whatever, what have you, um, can be protected because, like, literally the virus can't just, like, replicate and won't be fucking everywhere like it is Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So, like... But then, uh, you know, people misinterpret that and then also and and look at that as like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't like this person still still got this, like, even though they got the vaccine, bah, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, common anti-vax argument. Um, But then I think like, I guess the thing that troubles me is that because of the way that like this vaccine nationalism is playing out and Operation Warp Speed is saying, oh, we'll give Sanofi and GlaxoSmithKline $2.1 billion uh, for like, you know, like 100 million doses or something. Uh, We're going to give BioNTech uh, $2 billion, Novavax $1.6 billion, AstraZeneca $1.2 billion and Moderna like a billion, Mm -hmm. almost a billion dollars. I worry that what that communicates (laughs) especially to an already, um, to a, like a, a frustrated group of people in a pandemic and to people who are already sort of like, you know, uh, anti-vax prone or whatever mm-hmm. what that communicates to people is the exact thing that we're already, that we're always trying to like, uh, argue against with against anti-vax people, which is that like vaccines are not actually supposed to be, nor are usually like profitable actually. Right. Um, there may be like, it, but then, like in, in the middle of a global pandemic, when you're seeing like billions and billions of dollars being given specifically to, like, I guess what I'm saying is if you're already like anti vax curious and someone's saying, like, oh, look at all the money that like companies get off of, uh, that pharmaceutical companies get off of vaccines, even though they're like wrong actually in the aggregate, they ba- that basically you, you say, like, oh, um, like, oh, I, great, I couldn't like afford my insulin this like this uh this week or whatever this month um but then like astrazeneca who makes my insulin just got like you know a couple billion dollars from the Mm -hmm. government to develop it. you know i don't know and add add
0: to that the fact that there have already been like so far in the course of this now very short pandemic what will be a short portion of a long haul right? right this is only the beginning like we've had what three drug scandals right Mm -hmm. over profiteering where you've had a drug blow up questions about why that blow up like happened you know the hydroxychloroquine the uh, whole thing with remdesivir we've got some mabs that are being tested now which frankly makes sense to be tested for certain ways that this disease works but like again the way that those are being discussed in the media feels like Um, a great way to boost stocks so you you're also like just fueling anti-vaxxer rhetoric between that and the like status of intellectual property and a global conspiracy to like send vaccines to one country and not another like well you're asking people to start believing in this stuff wholesale by this fucking malpractice in the public sphere
1: but i mean but if we're thinking in terms of the OK, like, all right, there's the there's, there's, like, unanswered questions like which person in, in whose brain are we now in like inhabiting? Like what what from what position are we thinking about all of this action being directed from? And it's OK, let's just right. take like, I don't know, you know, the White House, I don't know, a White House policy advisor on some of this stuff. Right. Or even like, you know, a a very top ranking like congressional policy advisor. and And you're thinking about, well what is our big strategy for managing and ultimately like, you know, containing uh, this, this pandemic in the end. And it's like, well, we could rely on a, a a very, you know, uncertain uh, sort of vaccine development process, like a a long time horizon and, and, Mm -hmm. and invite all of this in the process of like, you know, developing it, invite all of this massive suspicion from an already very sort of dangerous and weird, like anti-vax movement, which, which has very, has already had very visible effects on public health. Right. Uh, or, uh, I guess we could, um, in order to m- like manage or contain the pandemic, like actually do on the one hand, good public health. And on the other hand, like d- a minimally adequate social policy. Um, <laughs> now let's just do the first one. Actually guys, we're just going to do the first one. Uh, and just, yeah, <laughs> We're going to bring, yeah, we're going to bring out the anti-vaxxers. Good. Okay, good. Good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's, but it's, but I mean, when the two options are presented to you, it's like, you know, one, one is going to, to make uh, like me and my, uh, like sort of like entire social class wealthier. And then the other one is, uh, like not going to do that. You know, the choice is obvious, right? There's no, you know. They see it. They always see it as this like upside yes and thing where they're like, "Well, we'll make a shitload of money and we'll help people." And it's like, you know, the second one gets completely ignored all the time, in favor, you know, in favor of of just craven fucking capitalism. But
0: yeah, I mean, it's like it's frustrating. That's America. Yeah. It is frustrating, especially because like what a lot of a lot of these like myths are allowed to perpetuate because they think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, what a vaccine actually needs to do in the body what the virus is even doing I mean, like
4: yeah. why they feel mm-hmm.
0: like sh- shit when they're sick you
4: know? um yeah actually i mean to that end because i know i said some like i meant i've mentioned some uh stuff about like immune system and uh efficacy and antibodies um mm-hmm. like earlier but actually maybe do you would you want to lead us on some like stuff from like the there you're telling me about you were telling me uh about like a a recent study from i think what mid mm-hmm,
0: like july um, that 15th. you were re-
4: yeah that you were reading on like the immune response to covid19 which actually seems like which actually frankly seems like really interesting and i haven't seen even like most science press cover yeah not uh, a lot of people have yet, covered this yet even though it's it's garnered a lot of praise within like like broader like medical research community it seems like
0: yeah i only got a ch- around to being able to like check this study out yesterday but it was basically a very large like correlation analysis um of different immunotypes and how different immunotypes correlated to certain better or worse outcomes and it was really Mm. interesting because they were like studying really really sick patients and patients that had like recovered fine at home Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating but you know I mean like that study is pretty pretty high level and I understand why it's like not being talked about in the media because its implications are also like incredibly complex because they can't necessarily be used for any kind of like rubric of treatment but they could be used to like determine what the next study could be which could help us like develop better immune system interventions but like
4: well so when you say yeah. immunotypes is that like uh what like different profiles of like how your immune system responds is that are they yeah. like are they are you saying like they've developed they're developing immunotypes based on specifically covid response or there or are there are there is immunotype like a thing that i just don't know about for example yeah
0: um <clears throat> immunotypes are like think of them as like stages more like um you have different types of immune system responses that trigger each other. And depending on the balance of cells that you have in your blood at that moment that your, your bone marrow is like pumped out, you're, uh, presenting one or another immune type response, right? Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's not like a lot of people hear that and they think blood type and like actually stage of
4: activation yeah, of It's system? more of okay. like,
0: it's more of like a season of. Or, okay. or something okay. like... So
4: it's more like type... So then it's... Uh, yeah, right. So less like blood type, whatever, immune system. Right. and More like... Uh, like a let's phase. Let's say... What have, how about... Is it like... Can we talk about it as, like, the terror threat level? Oh,
0: yeah. That's okay.
4: a great example. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> great. Okay, so, uh, so Something from, that like, everybody understands. threat level orange to threat level red and whether right, you can go right. through TSA as a result.
0: Totally. Um, I think that's a better analogy. And actually, the interesting thing about this study is the one thing for sure that it definitely sort of disproved which was awesome is that there's been this sort of hype rumor going around i think starting from a study in spain that said some blood types get more sick and die from covid (laughs) and some Uh blood types are fine and i had literally people texting me like what blood type are you (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah people did that too so wait so wait what's the yeah that's that was a that was a meme for like a while and i got asked that question a lot and i was like
4: what i can handle this one because even i understood this categorically fuck no that is bullshit like what blood <laughs> types. <laughs> yeah. blood, your but blood like, type does not uh w- w- yeah. what's funny um the yeah we were we were listening to something actually and it was funny because they were character they characterized uh this part of the study as like yeah The only correlation that you could find uh, in this study between like blood type and your response to COVID 19 uh, was that like people, patients who had that blood type correlated to having that blood type. As in, like, (laughs) you could say, like, like you could only, only, the only way you could make a correlation was just by matching, like, it's, it's, yeah.
0: It's, yeah. So it basically, like, this was like one of the most. comprehensive and complex biostatistical studies that has ever been done on a virus actually (laughs) like not just on covid it is an incredibly complex incredibly impressive effort and definitively the only (laughs) correlation that they were able to find under like multiple frames of analysis for this blood type thing was that it has like literally nothing to do with your your mm. response if it if there's mm. any correlation between groups of people who have similar responses having the same blood type most likely by chance what's more important is that you can look at someone's immune response and get an idea of like where they are how in the progression disease
4: will progress. okay yeah that right. makes and sense.
0: potentially how dire it is and how much time you have to intervene right mm-hmm. like when we do like the sorry the nose i was going to use like technical term but there's no reason to make it like sound smarter than it is because i'm a layman but like so when you when they stick the thing in your nose right
4: what's the technical term for that i
0: think it's a gel <laughs> swab oh yeah that's but i probably pronounce the beginning wrong because i'm a little dyslexic sometimes and blind but um yeah.
4: more that probably than
0: i still read more medical
2: it's studies it's a pipe cleaner a they doctors. stick a pipe cleaner
4: in your nose yeah don't don't steal vince's dyslexic valor yeah <laughs> hey that's sorry. my thing please continue. continue i'm sorry
0: the like metrics that we've been feeding into our like biostatistical sti- analyses have been related to like virus detection and viral load and not so much into like what what are the like leukocytes doing like what is going on with this person's like white blood cells and mm-hmm. so this was like the first super comprehensive analysis Mm. of like where some really severe patients were at and where some really mild patients were at. So the importance of like of this study, what this study shows is that like, you know, what the immune system is doing to respond to COVID um, seems to have a very indicative effect of like how severe this sort of secondary uh, Mm. portion of the disease is going to be. So what happens in a normal person not a beatrice person with a compromised immune system um is that you have like an immune system that's like around in your body all the time Mm -hmm. and that's like what people call the like innate immune system and that is the thing that makes you feel like shit like you have a fever or Mm -hmm. like body aches or just like you know anything like that and that's the one that's there all the time so that's the one that's job is basically to like identify the virus entering the body. Right. Um, it then like keeps you alive while it tries to slow down the replication of the virus. Right. And then it also like uh, basically like commissions the next stage of the immune response to start. And this is like where you have the development of sort of like different uh, stages you know like terror state on the threat scale right like mm-hmm. you're saying so like the innate immune systems, like stages
4: of response right yeah.
0: job is to identify the virus and sort of do like triage like bare maintenance and that's when you're like feeling like shit so like walking around shedding the virus for a couple days your body notices the virus in you then you start to experience symptoms right
2: mm-hmm.
0: then it takes a little bit for the second stage to actually um kickstart right and that's mm-hmm. called the like acquired immune response mm. and that is where the conversation of immunity starts to happen mm-hmm. because in the acquired immune response you have the establishment of like memory cells because it would be like as already was saying you can't keep like copies of every antibody like all of the time So Mm -hmm. what the body does is like there are big cells that are in charge of like having memories and reproducing them later when they need them. But Mm -hmm. for a novel virus like coronavirus, it can sometimes take like up to two, three weeks for the body Mm -hmm. to develop antibodies that can neutralize the virus. Right. Yeah. Which is why people are sick for a long time Mm -hmm. and get really sick in that first stage of the illness. And this is like the pneumonia. Uh, that's really, respirator. That,
2: that's, that's really interesting. That's something that I actually did not, didn't understand and didn't, didn't understand, like hadn't put those two things together at all. That's, that's fascinating.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, I think it's important. And this is just like, mo- I mean, most doctors don't even like, you start talking about the immune system and they're like, oh, eyes right. glaze over. <laughs> like they're drooling. They're like, you know, but it's that second stage that is the stage which, uh, you're addressing with a vaccine but that second stage also can produce that immune response that is giving people heart attacks cardio blood clots sudden right. stroke you know mm-hmm. this is also the second stage is also like incredibly dangerous the second is that stage the thing is thing that like,
4: people are calling the cytokine storm or yeah. okay yeah so how so, does that uh does that is that talked about in the study too or
0: it's not really talked about in the study but okay. i do know what it is so i can explain to you guys Kay. um i first learned about it when i was looking into my rituximab
4: and this and this kind of and so also like to be clear this follows from um some of the stuff that we've talked about before where in terms of like you know there, there is a lot that we don't know about the virus but it does seem like it is in in certain people it does seem to be prompting massive immune responses that almost function like like other uh like autoimmune disorders do basically mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: i think that's a good corollary frankly um you know uh, basically this acquired immune response is the let's call this like stage two um mm-hmm. that's like basically also responsible for telling stage one stand down so like mm-hmm. a body like mine needs uh, immune suppression because my stage two can't tell my stage one to stand down and my stage two keeps producing and then everything's confused and they eat right. stuff right so like we suppress my immune system so that my stage two can never start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically. And we try and you suppress supplement. the immune
4: system so that like the immune system doesn't like further attack your vision and make you like full on, completely, absolutely right. like no, right. like blackout blind. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause as like,
4: opposed to extremely low vision, like you are <laughs> yeah. now,
0: you know, if you think about like, okay, the things that I said, stage one did right. Which were like, It slows down replication. Right. It does that by trying to isolate it and contain it in the area where Hmm. it's entered. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have lungs, upper respiratory. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you have the stage one immune response trying to contain it in that area. The way the body does that is inflammation.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Actual inflammation, not like Gwyneth Paltrow. Not
0: Gwyneth Paltrow. Actual. This is what inflammation is for. This is what pain. (laughs) Not not
4: like drink tea and use a yoni egg or whatever. This
0: this is the physical concept of pain, right? Mm -hmm. But do
4: hydrate. Sorry.
0: The physical, like the physical (laughs) side of pain, right? The actual physical thing that you experience as the like nerve of pain is usually inflammation pushing on something that it should Mm -hmm. be pushing on. Right. And so the... You know, phase one causes some inflammation that can be dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, phase two was responsible for telling phase one, knock it off and stand down, more of a stand down and stop, you know, inflaming, saying, I will make targeted cells. Don't just mm-hmm. keep attacking everything. Let me make the targeted cells. You guys chill out. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes the immune response is an overreaction particularly when you're facing a novel sneaky aggressive virus
4: right Mm -hmm. right like this one
0: like this one particularly in one where it's novel and it takes a while for the immune system to respond so you have extended opportunities for inflammation to develop right Mm -hmm. in stage one stage two can have what what's called a cytokine storm happen and these are basically like cytokines are basically like proteins Mm -hmm. essentially basically they're just like cell signaling proteins Mm
4: -hmm. if that
0: makes sense does that make sense they like so they're like a broad category that includes like a bunch of different cells like interleukins lymphocins like chemokins it's like all these different sort of cell proteins that like are produced by big immune cells like the macrophages I was telling you guys about a couple weeks ago, but they Mm -hmm. basically are like, they're not hormones, but they like regulate and balance uh, the transition from innate to acquired immunity. Mm -hmm. And they tell the cells like how to behave. And so a bunch of different cells release a bunch of, of sort of variables of cytokines and those all work together as proteins with the receptors on other cells to direct the activity of the immune system,
3: hmm. mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right. Makes sense. So,
0: what happens when you release too many cytokines at once is that the immune system gets incredibly overwhelmed and confused. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it was first observed in 2006, actually, during, I think it was uh, SARS hmm. mm-hmm. um, 1. <laughs> it was also observed in avian influenza H5N1. <laughs> Um, and it can also be called. I think it's a hypercyto hypercytokinemia. I'm probably mispronouncing that. <laughs> That's
1: not a Red Hot Chili Peppers record. Yeah, but,
0: <laughs> you know. But not this yet. is something that we see. Like Epstein Barr patients have this. You hmm. also see this sometimes in like graft versus tissue rejection um, with strep, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. but what
4: hap- what happens? Then? What
0: happens is that the body is completely overwhelmed. Gotcha, And it is an incredibly, incredibly critical and dangerous immune response. So a cytokine storm is a dire, urgent medical situation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you've basically got all of these immune cells that are like dangerous attack cells, completely confused, and the body is drawing them all to one place. And these big cells, unfortunately, as they attack things, do a lot of damage, So the damage that is Mm -hmm. done to the surrounding tissue and organs is usually called, I think, bystander damage. Mm -hmm. So it's that in the process of trying so hard to eliminate the virus, the immune system can cause sepsis, stroke. It can cause heart failure. It's it's incredibly resource draining on the body. Well, that would also make it
4: make sense why so many people, um, who have, you know, quote unquote, uh, either got, well, who have not necessarily like gotten better, uh, but who've been maybe like discharged or whatever, still say that they feel sick months Mm -hmm. after and are be calling, you know, it's funny because, you know, there's this whole thing of like COVID-19 people calling themselves, uh, long haulers or -hmm. whatever. I remember, I remember like the first time going to, um, going to like an infusion with B and B just being like, oh, it's, it's okay. I'm a frequent flyer. Like it's interesting because it just, it, it, to me, it just seems like a similar social dynamic almost is like starting to replicate in people who are like learning for the first time what it's like to not have, uh, I guess to understand the body as not a binary of like, well, sick or, Uh, right. Alive, dead, but as, you know, a material object that, like anything, can be damaged. Um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm.
0: the body is a cooperative, and mine includes intellectual property from Roche. <laughs> yeah.
3: um, uh, absolutely.
0: No, but, like, so it's, like, why are older people and immune-compromised people more vulnerable to COVID, right? Why does it kill people like me and old people more? Well, because in my... In an immune compromised person, uh, old people are also immune compromised because as you age, your immune system slows down. Your uh, acquired immune system um, has a delay. And so you basically have the opportunity for the innate immune system to cause a lot of general inflammatory damage and do its thing, creating a lot of like signals uh, for the. Acquired immune system, which again is delayed um, and the virus at that point is allowed to cause chaos, right? Because the um, innate immune system is making a fucking mess, right? It's initially helpful to use that inflammation to contain the virus only if the acquired immune system can kick in quickly, which is the point of a vaccine. Right. Mm-hmm. The vaccine creates an artificial acquired immunity memory cell in the body so you don't have to carry around the big immune cells all the time but so that when the virus gets in the innate immune system contains it and you have the proper memory cells in the blood already so that the acquired immunity can kick in as quickly as possible with as little damage done by the innate immune Mm -hmm. system before it kicks in so that it does as little damage as possible, eliminating the virus. That is how it works.
4: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. If the vaccine is not effective, right, you can not have it kick in as quickly or as efficiently. Right. But it still could work. And that's like where the range of like vaccine efficacy actually like lies. Right. Right. It's not Mm -hmm. in the like, is it a real vaccine or not? It's like how quickly can Or how well can it like give the body these memory cells? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, you know, why does a person like me die more easily from COVID? Because everything takes longer in the immune system. Right. Mm -hmm. And that allows more damage to happen in my immune system or someone with a slower immune system. It allows more damage to happen for longer before Mm -hmm. the next stage can kick in and clean up. Mm-hmm. And that's but just that, a simple fact and that, well that's a
1: very I think relevant point because the the way that I mean this happens with obviously standards and standard quote unquote like standard treatments all the time which is that when we think about efficacy we th- there is in in popular imagination and even perhaps in the in the world of the clinical trial there is a model patient in mind uh, that that helps to produce the the sort of, standards of judgment. But Mm -hmm. what you're saying is that the way that we choose that and the way that we think about the parameters of that model person uh, really matters for how we think about efficacy and and Mm -hmm. what kind of world that we'll live in, even if there is a vaccine that is quote unquote effective. Right. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Which is why, yeah, a challenge trial and a bunch of young healthy people is great, but that doesn't produce a vaccine you can use on a 65 year old person right you know what i mean and it's like
1: yeah that's like, being completely missed that's not at all i have not read anything about that in, in vaccine coverage no yeah. uh, not from not. It's, it's something that we, you, even if there's like an in-depth like little segment on the evening news that's just a part of the reality that is not discussed it's just assumed that when this is produced uh that you know
2: it will work uh, for everybody.
4: It will work for everybody. Well, you know, where, yeah. you know where you'll fucking see it though. You never see people talk about that, but you will see things like uh, what I actually put, what I send out as like uh, uh, articles, uh, a resource for you guys, just because I think this is it's uh, wild how. Uh, how to put it, this information is being internalized only to the degree that it's being very targeted, actually, I think, even in the press, um, which is like this, uh, for instance, this, like, Kaiser uh, Health News article that's uh, headlined what seniors can expect as their new normal in a post-vaccine world, and it's literally just giving recommendations. It's essentially starting to, like, normalize the idea, I think, that, like, essentially saying the thing that we were kind of like worried about the whole time, which was like, if, if for example, uh, we, we did the sort of like, let the, let the virus rip through the populace, uh, strategy, which is, you know, being unstated, but is clearly what's happening in the United States now. Mm -hmm. And which is what like Boris Johnson was like pilloried for really early on. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, um, you know, the, like the article basically like giving recommendations to, to, senior is saying like just expect to you know the probably the rest of your life you're going to have to do some degree of social distancing mm-hmm. you know yeah. just expect that
0: right it, it's just absolutely wild which to also like, just
4: to be clear like for which affects people like b2 and people mm-hmm. with like other people with disabilities and with um and with compromised immune systems including anyone who's on like chemo anyone who's right. taking anyone who's like being treated for cancer right, like for all these people who who taking these like drugs for any reason and the um, thing to
0: remember is that like this These deaths are not happening because there's something wrong with these people's immune systems. Their immune systems is rea- reacting to the novel virus that is in them in a way that makes sense for how our bodies work. Yeah. The mm-hmm. problem is, is that severe immune reactions can be caused, resulting in sudden death by a lot of different things. And it's been a while since we've like had a pathogen that's been this... Widely contagious that does this, probably. mm -hmm. But I'm sure this is something that's happened in our bodies since human beings have existed. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just we have a name for it now. It doesn't mean that a cytokine storm is like a new thing because coronavirus is some scary new type of virus. It's just, you know, not to like, I think anything in the body, if it's like anything is dysregulated and pathological in the body, it can become a problem. Right. And Mm -hmm. just to like illustrate how dangerous like a cytokine storm actually can be there was this drug trial in 2006 of a mab drug um a monoclonal antibody a phase one trial they were trying for safety phase one with the fta six young healthy men ended up in intensive care after receiving the first dose um within mm-hmm. 90 minutes
4: wow oh that's quick damn so well that i mean that that's a cytokine storm. You're also, yeah yeah you MAPs cause, are often also you know like you're injecting it directly and sometimes involving
0: right, right but i'm saying like this is just the body is releasing too many yeah. cytokines no, totally. into the blood too quickly and this is the immune response that is so mm-hmm. dangerous that is clinically very difficult to treat and mm-hmm. the risks are very high so like This is the reason why we look at ICU capacity, right? Because if you think about this drug trial situation, obviously it's accelerated, right? But someone in a rural setting who starts to experience these symptoms of like chest pain, difficulty breathing, Mm -hmm. they might not have three hours to drive to the closest hospital that right. has an ICU. Right. They might not be able to afford the ambulance or the helicopter ambulance. So they probably won't call it. And mm-hmm. they won't. And this is, that is genocide. Mm-hmm. Our, that is,
1: yeah. Our fabulous market system gives the virus the choice.
0: Mm-hmm. The virus gets to
1: decide <laughs> how quickly this person will die. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: hmm
0: not to be a bummer. I think it's just like really interesting to hear all of the vaccine horse race speculation from people who literally have not taken the time to understand like w- how a vaccine could be ready that quickly, right? It's just the wishful thinking as it relates to the market, as it relates to reopening and saving GDP. And it reflects ultimately that there is like almost nothing in our entire political economy that is centered on actual health and survival at all.
1: Yeah. I you think know. we're going to have to do vaccine watch, watch, uh, Hell <laughs> just yeah. as, a, as a recurring segment. <laughs> I like <Yeah>.
3: that.
0: <laughs> I mean, it does make you laugh when you see people offer chronically ill people immune boosting treatments, <laughs> right? Now, now you know why that's so funny because yeah. you're like, "You idiot! That's just going to cause more inflammation from their innate immune react like response." Like, <laughs> right. are you simple? What's wrong with you? See?
2: Fortunately, fortunately, I, uh, I I thought that before, but I'm glad now I know exactly why I think that. <laughs> cool. Well, yep. I think
0: with that we should call it a day. Indeed. Um, if you'd like a little extra death panel, please consider becoming a patron. You'll get access to the Monday bonus episode and our whole back catalogue and we've talked a lot more about COVID. So
4: Yeah. You know. Also, if you want a example of what one of those patron episodes is, which is basically just like, you know, we do a different we just do it we do two a week and we don't really treat them as <laughs> any any different um frankly. no the patron one is better um, it's amazing so earlier this week uh we we uh unlocked uh one of our patron episodes called the new normal um which was our discussion which i think was still sorry from when uh vince was on vacation but <laughs> our uh our discussion about uh the sort of process of normalizing covid-19 deaths how that happened politically um we also at the sort of the beginning of that talk about um what was just starting in terms of like the federal crackdown in in portland with the with the people being abducted and things like that um but yeah so check that out if you want to hear what a patron episode sounds like other than that like you've been if you've been listening to us then you know what it sounds like if you want us twice a week
2: mm-hmm.
4: patreon.com slash death panel Pod. all right
0: yep i think with that We'll call it a day. Mm-hmm. Medicare for all now, solidarity forever. Stay alive another week.
3: This was y'all.
0: Bye. Yeah, see you later.
3: We're only making plans for He must be happy in his world Happy, it must be happy, he must be happy, he must be happy in his world. Nigel is a night spoken but he likes to speak and he loves to be spoken to.
0: sport than the genocide of mankind by a exactly
2: virus. but i was yeah. oh shit sorry <laughs> 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 sorry i just like slapped my phone off the table because i was i'm just gest-
0: glad not to be the only one that does that during recordings so. i was just
2: gesturing wildly anyway i'll just leave that phone on the floor